0: The Giants end up losing another home series to an inferior team. They lose two out of three to the Cubs on their last home stand. They lost both series, including one against the Pirates. I guess the Pirates actually have a better record than the Giants right now, but that's surprising. But a blowout win in the finale salvages the series. Some fun Brandon Crawford pitched, and then we've got some major roster moves to talk about as well today on the show. You are Locked On Giants, your daily San Francisco Giants podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you for making Lockdown Giants your first listen every day. We're free and available wherever you get podcasts, including YouTube. So check us out there if you have not already, and please hit that subscribe button if you're watching on YouTube. Anyway, coming up on today's show, we've got a lot to discuss. Like I said, the Giants had a blowout win yesterday that kind of salvaged an otherwise... I mean, it was looking like a very disappointing series against the Cubs, who came in with, you know, a not-so-good record in last place in the weak NL Central. But in the first game, they got Marcus Stroman. In the second game, that was the embarrassing one, where Kyle Hendricks uh, had a no-hitter going into the eighth inning. And then, though, in the third game, the Giants won 13-3. to They hit a bunch of home runs. It's funny. 15 hits. It's crazy how you can be one hit one day and then get 15 hits, hit four home runs, whatever it was. Yeah, I mean, uh, Jock Peterson and Tyro Estrada each hitting two home runs in this finale. And so it kind of it kind of erases the first couple games from our memory, which is always nice. And especially for the team getting on a plane after a game like that. And Brandon Crawford finally pitched for the first time in his career after saying he's been wanting to for so long. He pitched the ninth inning, closed out the game through a scoreless frame. And so, uh, you know, a, a true happy flight, I think, to St. Louis. The schedule has been kind of brutal. They had a one city road trip to Colorado and then they came home for a one team homestand and then back on the road all the way out to St. Louis and they play tonight. So that's something to just keep in mind with these guys is that the travel schedule for Major League Baseball players is brutal, especially for West Coast teams. And this is a brutal kind of stretch for the Giants and right now they go to St. Louis and then they come back And play L.A. in L.A. and then they come home for a homestand and then back out east to play, I think it's the Blue Jays and the Mets. And so a lot of travel for these Giants, but then that's it for the travel until the All-Star break. And so the season is kind of flying by and the Giants, by the way, are 33 and 32. So they are still one game over 500 Although they dipped back to 500 with the first couple of losses there, but just wanted to point out like I don't I don't think it's too early to discuss what's going on in the standings. Um, obviously, I mean we could talk more about the blowout win and how Tyro Strata deserves to be an all star. J D Davis deserves to be an all star and Lamont Wade Jr. deserves to be an all-star, uh, but none of those guys doing great in the all-star voting so far. Uh, uh, Estrada, especially a disappointment, coming in like sixth, that second base in the National League. It's it's a travesty. He deserves to be much higher than that. Uh, yeah, Luis Ariz probably deserves to be number one, but behind him, I would say probably Tyro Estrada. But uh, in the big picture, just to kind of give you a sense of where things stand, I think that this is like an inflection point of the season because right now uh, patterns have emerged, and what's happening? I mean, look, just if you open up the standings page, the first thing that's really going to stand out if you're a Giants fan and you're looking at the West is that the Diamondbacks are in first place over the Dodgers by three and a half games. The Diamondbacks and I—they're they, forty and twenty-five, and so the D-backs are a real problem in a sense that like my the point that I make is like the Giants are probably not going to win the division because you've got the D-backs doing what they're doing you've got the Dodgers you've obviously got, got the Padres with their talent but they're they're below the Giants right now by two games but it was never super realistic like the the Giants realistic path to the postseason this year was not by winning the division it was by being one of the three wildcard teams that there are now and so Arizona being as good as it is and having the record that they have basically have put themselves in great position to be one of the playoff teams whether it's by winning the division or being a wildcard winner and then beyond that like we were so worried coming into the year about teams like the Mets and the Padres essentially because you've got in those divisions also the Braves and the Dodgers and so then it's like you can kind of count that two of those teams will win the division and two of the teams would, would be the wildcard teams and then there would only be one more spot but it hasn't really played out that way so far in that right now the Pirates are leading the National League Central, which is a shock. And so the Brewers are the third wildcard team and the Giants are only a half game behind that Brewers team to be in a wild card position. And the Brewers, they lost four straight. They got swept by the A's. They have a negative run differential. And so the Giants uh, are in a pretty good position to perhaps move into a wildcard spot in the coming days. Uh, but you know, other teams like the Phillies, the Padres, the Mets, and the Cardinals are all teams that were expected to be strong contenders. And they range from, you know, every single one of those teams is below 500. And the Cardinals, where the Giants are going now, are 27 and 39. They've just had a disastrous kind of start to their season. They've lost two straight. They were both to the Reds. So anyway, I'm going on and on, but I just think it's worth kind of pointing out the National League playoff picture just is so much different than what people anticipated. The Marlins are 37 and 29 with a negative 20 run differential, which is just kind of shocking. They had a couple of ninth inning comebacks in their last two games, down big yesterday and just crazy comebacks and the the D-backs did the same thing. So the Giants though are in the thick of it. They're the closest team to a playoff spot that's not in one in the league at half a game back of the Brewers. And so I would expect eventually Pittsburgh to come down and so the the fact that the Cardinals are not having a great year is a good thing for the Giants. So anyway, that's kind of the check-in point. We still have like basically a hundred games to go. And so I just wanted to give kind of an update there and just, you know, mention that this blowout win with uh, a big flight, you know, a long flight to St. Louis took the bad taste out of our mouths after the first couple of games. And, you know, it was a big win for the giants in terms of you like, cause I would expect some of these teams that I'm talking about who are below them right now, like the Phillies, the Padres, the Mets, the Cardinals—I would expect at least a couple of those teams to like turn it around. And even the Padres, they—they they had turned it around and were kind of on a roll. And then they blew a ninth inning lead yesterday in Colorado, so that was a big kind of positive for the Giants. So, so the wild card picture is crazy, and the Giants are in the thick of it, only half a game out of a playoff spot. They could, you know, be in a playoff spot. Uh, tonight if they can get a win and so anyway just wanted to mention all of that and where the Giants are but maybe you know a huge story is that the Giants have made a couple roster moves over the last few days including that Joey Bart was done with his rehab assignment and did they add him to the roster no they optioned him to triple a why did they do it what does it mean? And also, how about this? Keaton Wynn, someone you may not have heard of, but it, but is someone the Giants are pretty high on, was added to the roster ahead of the first game uh, here in St. Louis. Not here, but there in St. Louis. So we'll get into all of that in just a minute. But before we do, this episode is brought to you by eBay Motors. For a championship team, it's all about making sure every player is a perfect fit. It's the same when it comes to your vehicle. Every part needs to fit just right. So the next time you need parts and accessories, head to eBay Motors. With eBay Guaranteed Fit, you can be sure every part you need fits right the first time around. Just add your ride to My Garage and look for the green check to know the part will fit or your money back. Because just like in sports, confidence is the name of the game when you shop on eBay Motors. And with over 122 million parts to choose from, you will be back in the game in no time. After all, it's easy to bring home a win when the right parts are guaranteed. Get the right parts, the right fit, and the right prices on ebaymotors.com. Let's ride. eBay guaranteed fit only available to U.S. customers. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. All right. As promised, Keaton Wynn was called up and Joey Bart was optioned to the minor leagues. These were not like corresponding moves. The The corresponding move for Keaton Wynn being called up was that Tristan Beck was sent down. And for Bart, I mean, uh, that's probably where I want to actually start here is that Joey Bart you know, he was on a rehab assignment, right? Because he had an injured groin and he was in Sacramento, not doing well in Sacramento. And they brought him back to San Francisco to be evaluated. And I don't know, to me, it just seemed like pretty obvious that the decision was going to be that they were going to option Joey Bart, given how well Patrick Bailey has done and frankly, how much better Patrick Bailey has done at the plate as a hitter than Joey Bart. I mean, what's crazy is that Uh, Joey Bart in his entire career has put together 0.9 fangraphs wins above replacement in 158 games, almost 500 plate appearances, 0.9 fangraphs wins above replacement. Patrick Bailey has in his career, I mean which is just 17 games, 0.7 Fangraphs wins above replacement. So, Bailey's produced almost as much value according to Fangraphs in 17 games as Bart has in 158. And so, and if you just look at the offensive numbers for Joey Bart, 223 average, we're talking career numbers, 293 on base. 342 slugging. It's like that's not even he's not even a guy who's been able to hit for power despite the raw raw power that he has. Uh, 35.8% strikeout rate. Um. Yeah, uh, 81 weighted runs created plus like no disrespect, but just Bailey has flat out been better. Uh, what's weird is that Bailey hasn't started for a few days. And the other day he didn't start because he had a neck Um tightness or something like that. And so um, if Bailey is injured, then it's a little odd that, you know, you Blake Sable can't catch every game. So obviously it's not just about uh, Patrick Bailey, but it's also about Blake Sable and Blake Sable has also done a nice job, although he's kind of cooled off as of late. Although I think in this, again, like this game on Sunday, kind of exercising some demons, including for Blake Sable, who went two for five, uh, drove in a couple of runs although he did strike out two more times. So the strikeout has kind of plagued Sable a little bit at times although it's come down his strikeout rate on the season 33.7% that is high but it's uh it's overall I mean I I think we need to look at the splits for Blake Sable because when we look at his numbers against right-handed pitching so far in his young career, He's got a 118 weighted runs created plus, meaning, you know, about 18% above average offensively, uh, 265 batting average, 331 on base, 462 slugging. And that's one of the things about Joey Bart is that he didn't really like as a right-handed hitter, Sable's a left-handed hitter. It'd be one thing if Bart was like really good against lefties, but struggled against righties, you could form a platoon there with, you know, Bailey and Bart or Sable and Bart or whatever. But Joey Bart, he didn't do well against either righties or lefties. And so that's a that was a problem. I pointed it out before the season. And it's, it's just – it's tough to – this is a guy who – this is his last year that he can be optioned. And so at some point, something is going to have to give. And, I, you know, if this continues, then he probably won't be in the organization next year because they can't send him to the minors next year. Um, and so – I mean, I don't know if they've officially uh, used that option yet because he has to be sent down for a certain number of days. So if there was like an injury to a catcher and they call him up, it's possible that that option doesn't actually get used, but they're, you know, they've optioned him now. And so if he stays down, then next year they can't option him anymore. So basically it's Bailey and Sable, although Sable caught the last two games and not Bailey. So with a lefty, the Giants opposing you know, a lefty starter tonight in St. Louis, I would expect that you're not going to see the lefty Sable behind the plate, but instead it'll be Patrick Bailey, assuming he's healthy enough to play. And so what's weird though, is that for Bailey, his weak side is the right side from what we've heard, but he's actually done better in his brief major league career from the right side. So it'll be interesting to see how they split the time, but it's, it's just fascinating. Certainly that they sent down, Joey Bart and have more confidence in Blake Sable for example than Joey Bart. It just goes to show you that like prospect rankings and uh where you were drafted they don't that's not how they evaluate you. They evaluate you based on your kind of performance and they think basically Sable is a better a guy they could pick up in the rule 5 draft although it wasn't their rule 5 pick. It was the Reds who took him from the Pirates and the Giants traded for him. <clears throat> but um you know, a guy who was available in the Rule 5 draft was someone they think is a better player, essentially, than Joey Bart. So that's that's worth noting. So the other piece of news here is that Keaton Wynn, a pitcher, starting pitcher, although he has made three relief appearances for Triple A Sacramento this year, he was added to the 40 man roster in the offseason, and he's done nothing but be really solid in Triple A. I mean, it's a lively offensive environment. I know that there were some questions about why Why is it a lively offensive environment. It's because a lot of the teams in the league are at high altitude. Think of like, you know, how Denver is a, you know, Coors Field is a tough place to pitch. Well, there's a lot of tough places to pitch in the Pacific Coast League. And so, you know, pitchers have a tough time, but, you know, so a 4.35 ERA uh, for Keaton Wynn is actually pretty good relative to what's average there and also a 27 percent strikeout rate, an 11 percent walk rate, which you know if we look at what did he do last year, his walk rate was closer to like five percent. And so I would expect that he's not going to be a guy who has walk issues so much. He's also uh, been an above average ground ball pitcher historically. And so um in the preseason kind of write up on the Giants, Dan Zimborski, who does the zips projections, Compared to Keaton Wynn, he said he reminds him of Kevin Gosman, and he's got, you know, obviously a good fastball and a good splitter. Um, I haven't watched him a ton, but what I have seen, I've seen a good fastball and a good splitter. And so, like I said, he comes up, Tristan Beck goes down. And so, you know, I I don't know if Keaton Wynn is just going to get a start here in St. Louis at some point, or if it's going to be more, they do an opener and then Keaton Wynn kind of fills in in that, Tristan Beck role but notable that Keaton Wynn is in the major leagues to make his major league debut and uh, he has the potential to be a pretty good pitcher and so it'll be fascinating to see uh, what he can do so coming up in just a minute we've got more kind of young player updates I feel like I'm talking about this every single day but Luis Matos just continues to set the Pacific Coast League ablaze. You're not going to want to miss out on hearing what he did over the last few days because it's unbelievable. Is there a spot for him in the Major League on the Major League team? Do they need to make a spot for him on the Major League team given what he's doing? We'll get into it in just a minute, but first. All right, as promised, we are going to discuss Luis Matos and how he's set the Pacific Coast League ablaze. And also, what does it mean? Like, can they fit him onto the Major League roster? If he's basically, he's making it, he's forcing the issue right now. By the way, thanks again for making Lockdown Giants your first listen every day. Uh, dayers, tomorrow on the show, breaking down game one in St. Louis. The Giants have Logan Webb on the mound. So an advantage there against uh, Matthew Liberator. Librator and he's a left-handed pitcher and the giants have a better record when they face left handed starters and so some of those guys you know austin slater they haven't faced a lot of lefties recently and i think they can put together a pretty good lineup when they're facing a lefty so you can um and that game by the way is at 4:45 pacific and you can catch every pitch of the giants hometown broadcast on sirius xm with the sxm app search giants so Luis Matos, I mean, what more can we possibly say? Except, I mean, that's the thing is it seems like there's not more that we could possibly say, but then he goes out and does even more. So over, I mean, he the last two days on the 10th and the 11th, two more three-hit games. He's got like a million three-hit games. He's got even more just multi-hit games. And in these uh, two games on, I guess, Saturday and Sunday, he had 11 plate appearances, six hits, zero walks, zero strikeouts, three homers in those 11 plate appearances, and three singles. And so, I mean, the three homers just really stand out because this is... I The last time I discussed him, which was just the other day, was like when he hit a home run and I was like, it's good to see him show some power because that's just one of the things we haven't really seen yet in AAA, but all of a sudden... He's got, you know, 23 games played there and he's got six homers and he's got six steals and a strikeout rate of only 7%. Now, keep in mind, the major league average is like 23%. And we've seen guys like Joey Bart put up 30% strikeout rates in the minor leagues in AAA. And so a 7% strikeout rate is indicative of a guy who's not going to strike out a lot in the majors. Walk rate, in AA, was like 13% this year in 133 plate appearances. And in A it's basically been cut in half and then some at 6.1%. But overall, the dude is hitting 396 with a 434 on base percentage and 660 slugging. It's a 158 weighted runs created plus, meaning 58% above average offensively for the league. And he's also the youngest player in triple a and so when you're the youngest player in triple a and you're hitting at a rate that's about 60 percent above the league average that is a guy who's making a case to be called up to the major leagues and if they if the giants had a spot for him right now i have no doubt i mean it's always i i pretty much have no doubt that uh they would call him up but the issue is they don't have that room uh and you know, I get a lot of questions like, how do they, they should make room or like, just make it work. But let me just explain how it doesn't really work in that you've got Michael Conforto and Mitch Haniger. They can't be optioned, right? They're, they're signed to free agent deals. They're not optionable players at all. And they're also, you know, Michael Conforto is performing well. Mitch Haniger is not, but what are you going to do? Are you're you're just gonna like put him on the bench and play Luis Matos? I guess some of you probably are thinking, yes, you should do that. But you've also got to like send somebody down. You can't just bring up Matos without making another corresponding move. So who gets sent down in that case? And and it can't be Hanager. And so there's really I mean, you've got Casey Schmidt. Would if you had to send somebody down right now, it would probably be Casey Schmidt. And so is that an exchange you're willing to make? And then it just You know, Mitch Haniger did not sign up here to be sat on the bench. And it's like I keep having flashbacks to Tommy Lastella, who I defended to no end for a long time. And then eventually I just gave in and said, of course, I mean, I just eventually it was clear that he was just not going to be good for the Giants. But I think we're not at all at that point with Mitch Haniger. And he continues to do some some good things, and the, the expected numbers offensively for Hanniger are bet, much better than the actual results. And so he's just one of those guys who has such a long and good track record that I just think, given a full season, that he's going to get to his numbers, and so you don't want to miss out on that, and you want to just keep running him out there. And... Also, I just want to point out, like if you look around the league, there are so many guys who are like star players who are struggling. And so this is a hard game and and players just every year, certain guys just struggle and sometimes for a few months and then they really turn it around and they end up getting to their numbers. And that's just kind of how baseball works sometimes, like Manny Machado, Carlos Correa and many others. Like there are plenty of examples of guys who just haven't been... Good, even though they're star players, and so just wanted to point that out with respect to Hanniger because you know he's he's also a good hitter. So okay, let's say it's not Hanniger, and then you're looking at Mike Yastrzemski. He is somebody who could be optioned, but that's kind of insane. I just don't think Mike Yastrzemski is worth optioning. It, it's it would be, I think it would hurt the morale of the team because he has not ever been sent down since he was originally called up in 2019. And technically, yes, he could be optioned. But I mean, it's just disrespectful for a player who's been a quality contributor. I get it. Like you want to see Matos, but just to send down Yaz, even though he's performing well in the role that he performs in, I don't really see that. And then you've got Austin Slater. He entered the year on the cusp of reaching five years of service time. And so I think at this point, he may not be optionable. Uh, given I think he's passed the five years of service threshold after which he can't be optioned without his consent so I mean he but again like he performs well in the role that he's in and so right now there's just simply not room and uh, you know Matos isn't going anywhere and injuries happen and so I would anticipate at some point sadly there's gonna be an opening and that's when his opportunity will come. Although, you know, Farhan Zaidi did say they may need to create room for him. And what would that mean? I mean, I suppose it could mean a trade at some point of some outfielder, whether it's Haniger or Conforto or Slater or Yastrzemski, whatever the case may be, Um, it could happen to make room for Matos. But in the meantime, I don't think he's going to get called up unless somebody else goes down but it's just worth pointing out he just continues to do amazing things by the way he's a center fielder a good center fielder and has really good speed so anyway that is all the time we have for today thanks again for making lockdown giants your first listen every day every day or tomorrow breaking down like i really like i said i feel like the giants are at an inflection point the fact that they're around 500 is indicative of that i keep saying like Break away from the 500 bugaboo, like just get over 500. Give me like six, seven, eight, nine games over 500. And the schedule is getting tough and the Cardinals are better than their record. And so hopefully you can uh, kick them while they're down here. But the Cardinals are probably going to turn it around at some point. Hopefully it doesn't start. Now with the Giants coming into town, but they have the pitching advantage tonight with Webb against Libertor. Uh, The Giants play the Cardinals tonight at 445 Pacific. Catch every pitch of the Giants' hometown broadcast with SiriusXM on the SXM app. Search Giants. Once again, my name's Ben Kaspic. Check me out on Twitter at Ben Kaspik, K-A-S-P-I-C-K. If you like this show, please consider Rating it or leaving a review, it helps me out a lot. So thank you in advance and thanks to everyone who's done so already. I can't wait to be with you again tomorrow. Thanks again for listening today. You are now Locked on Giants.